Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, and uh, I want to give you an obligatory devotion before I jump into some nuts and bolts. Uh, I think that we'll probably uh, go more into the nuts and bolts uh, directly uh, on the weeks that I have it, which are the first, third, and fifth, and then Ryan's going to do the second and fourth, uh, unless we change it up on you. So first, third, and fifth, but um, I was walking through the other sessions, the parenting uh, session, and then I was walking through the marriage uh, workshop, just crossing people off of my prayer list. That's all I was doing, just crossing them off. No, I didn't cross them off. I, as I saw strays that had left us, uh, I just put them lower down in the prayer list in case I don't have. Uh, and so we're, I'm, I'm really glad you're here. I was uh, thanking all of those that actually went to the workshop, and then uh, one uh, very kind, nice lady, as I said, uh, thank you for being a part of the workshop. Uh, her response was, well, I'm not married and my kids are grown up. You're all that's left. You're all that's left. And so uh, thank you for that encouragement. But uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, uh, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, uh, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. And so it's the Bible that brings us to salvation. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, uh, instruction and in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto all good works and so uh, it's the Bible that brings us to salvation uh, it's the Bible that brings us to sanctification uh, and then in chapter 4 verse number 2 preach the word uh, it's the Bible the Bible the Bible that we use in our service uh, to reach other people and so uh, if you want to fill in the blanks put down number one we're profited by the word uh, it's profitable it, it's profitable. I do like the diagram uh, that kind of outlines that, that verse. Profitable for doctrine. Okay, that's God's path. That's the right path. Uh, and for reproof, that's uh, where doctrine is what is right. Uh, reproof is what is not right. If you're straying, straying uh, what is not right. Correction is how to get right. And so uh, there you have God's path, doctrine, uh, reproof. You're straying um, what is not right. And then correction uh, how to get right, and then instruction is in righteousness uh, is how to st stay right, uh, but it's the Word of God that does that. Uh, the Word of God that does that, to the extent you are neglecting the Word of God, uh, in my opinion, this, to that same extent, uh, you're straying off of that right path, that narrow path, God's path, uh, doctrine uh, and instruction in righteousness. And so uh, we're profited by the Word, number two, we're perfected by the Word. We're perfected uh, by the Word. That the man of God, that the woman of God, may be perfect, truly furnished, uh, unto all good works. Perfect, truly furnished, uh, unto all good works. The first changed life in my preaching needs to be mine. Uh, and I'm going to go back and forth because uh, I, I view so much through uh, the lens of being a pastor, being a preacher, but... Uh, I also understand that, that uh, the application needs to be to uh, every single person that may not stand behind a pulpit. Uh, however, we're all communi communicating the Word of God, uh, be it to your kids or to your family or to your spouse or uh, to your co-worker, to your neighbor, as we're witnessing. Boy, I have to digest it first before I can deliver it 
Uh, Second, there's value in the digested word uh, of God. Ezra, chapter number 7, Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord uh, and to do it, uh, and then to teach Israel statutes and judgments. And of course, uh, he prepared to seek it, to seek it. He found it because he was searching for it, to seek it with all of his heart, uh, and to do it. Where the first changed life needs to be mine before I, before I ever teach it, before I ever uh, speak it. Uh, it's a lot like that illustration I tried to give the other day about uh, a pipe conveys water, but it has no impact on the pipe. Uh, a pipe conveys water, but it doesn't alter the pipe. Uh, a pipe conveys water, but there's no dynamic change. Uh, That water is simply passing through. Uh, That pipe is unaffected by that water that's passing through. Uh, And and yes, there's value in uh, even reading the Word of God when you're not getting it, but there's greater value in the digested uh, Word of God. Uh, I want to be a tree that also conveys water through the roots up to um, the trunk and the branches and the limbs, absorbing it, digesting it. Uh, affected by it and bearing fruit uh, because of it. Hey, we don't want to be a pipe. I've read my three chapters, now time for work. I read my two chapters, now uh, time to, time to uh, uh, mark that off on my list. Uh, no, we need to absorb it. The value of, of digesting the Word of God, absorbing it, uh, absorbing it like a tree, uh, not just transporting, transporting it uh, like a pipe. And so number one, uh, we're profited by the word. Number two, uh, we're perfected in the word. Number three, we're to process. We're to process the word of God. We're to process it. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Uh, but it's when we process it, it's when we digest it, uh, when we take it in, when we take it in, uh, when we, we assimilate it, uh, the engrafted word of God, uh, into our life. There's value in the digested uh, word uh, of God. Has everybody got that so far? Uh, in Luke chapter 24, uh, I want to show a couple examples, and then we'll get into the first concept that, uh, and then probably three, four different mindsets that I have as I approach uh, the Bible. But of course, in Luke 24, Jesus on Emmaus wrote two disciples. They're sad. They're, they're fearful. Verse number 27, uh, when Jesus joins them, beginning at Moses, all the prophets, he expounded unto them. Uh, it's uh, the, the feel of unpacking a suitcase, seeing the lower layers that are in that suitcase. Uh, not just that, that shallow surface read of that, that, that word, but, but unpacking, unfolding the meaning uh, like a scroll that's rolled out. And so uh, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning uh, himself. 31, and their eyes were opened... And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us? By the way, while he opened to us the scriptures, that aha moment, that I see it, boy, I get it, I understand it. When he opened to us the scriptures, it's the feel of a door opening all the way. Not just peeking in, not just seeing glimpses of it. All I want to see is only everything that God put in a text. That's all I want to see. All I want to see is only everything that God put into a passage. Uh, And by the way, uh, up until now, they didn't have a changed life. It wasn't until uh, now did not our hearts burn within us uh, while he opened to us, opened to us 
the value of the digested Word of God uh, because before that, they were simply a pipe. If you look at uh, verse 14, I think we have them on the screens. And they talked together of all the things which happened. And so the word, the word, the word, but it's a pipe not affecting them. And it came to pass that while they communed together, reason, Jesus drew near, went with them, but their eyes were closed, holden, that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one with another as you walk and are sad? Verse 25, O fools and slow of heart to believe to believe the Word of God. And so if it's just a pipe, just a pipe, yes, water running through it, I think that's why, and it may be my tendency to um, be teaching, 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 uh, that, boy, I want you to get it, uh, to get what, what I got, to see what I saw. Uh, it's not just a matter of going through it, man. If, I, if there's not, you know, almost these, uh, nonverbal nods and those, those lights coming on and uh, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm getting. Uh, uh, I, I usually circle back and circle back and circle back and circle back. Uh, but uh, it's because it's, there's value in the digested Word of God. Uh, Ezra in Nehemiah chapter 8, the Bible says, and Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people for he was above all the people. And when he opened, opened that 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 aha moment, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up of hands and bowing their heads, worshiping the Lord, their faces to the ground. Uh, and Jeshua, and a bunch of other buddies, hard to pronounce, uh, and the Levites, next phrase, caused the people to understand. I, I really feel like that's uh, what my calling is on a shepherd feeding the flock of God uh, is opening eyes. And I understand God does that causing people to understand. Look at the next uh, phrase. Uh, causing people to understand of the law. Uh, and the people stood in their place, so they read in the book of the law of God distinctly. I'm always convicted uh, when I read that because I need to be more distinct. Enunciate, my aunt said. Uh, read distinctly and gave the sense. Causing people to understand uh, and giving the sense. You say, well, uh, you're talking about it in the context of a pastor and people uh, but understand, my main diet should not consist of what I get from the pulpit. That should not be my main diet. Uh, I should have those aha moments. Uh, there's nothing uh, as lasting and as powerful as personal discovery. Personal discovery. I promise you, uh, when God gives you something in your Bible reading, you hang on to that thing for life. Uh, I, I mean, that's with you long-term personal discovery. Uh, now, there may be a moment every once in a while where it's, wow, I never saw that uh, when you hear it from the pulpit. Uh, but uh, when God shows you that himself and it unfolds, it unpacks, it, it, it opens, it, uh, that's when it lasts longer. He gave the sense uh, and caused them to understand the reading. Uh, and then down to verse number 13. Uh, on the second day, they were gathered together, the chief priests, uh, the chief of the fathers of the people, the priests, Levites, and Ezra the scribe, even to understand. It's not just about the water flowing through, it's about a, a tree absorbing, a tree absorbing. Uh, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth uh, in the way of sinners, nor sitteth uh, in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Uh, and in that law doth he meditate day and night, uh, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Uh, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. But the difference is not just a pipe where, okay, three chapters done, three chapters are done, 
Three chapters done. Uh, or, uh, okay, I, I was listening, I was listening, I wasn't getting, but I was listening. Uh, and by the way, all of us have been there in our Bible reading where um, you get distracted and you get down to the end of the chapter. What did I just read? I don't, I don't remember anything that I read. Okay, I need to go back to the top and I need to read it slower. I need to read it more uh, meticulously to make sure that I'm understanding it, I'm seeing it, uh, I'm getting it. And then uh, where uh, even to understand the words of the law, uh, and they found written in the law a command, a principle about booths, and they did it, verse 16, but they found it because they were looking for it. They found it uh, because they were looking for the value of the digested word uh, of God. And so uh, I'll start out by saying um, uh, where the verse, study to show thyself, study to show thyself approved unto God, study to show thyself. Well, that implies reading. We need to read the word of God. Uh, and if you fill it in quickly, uh, I want to give you just, I think it's seven laws of the reader. I don't even know, but, but it applies to where we're at. Read repeatedly. Read repeatedly. Second, read thoughtfully. Uh, third, read patiently. Patiently. Uh, fourth, read slowly. And so we're talking about reading. That, that's how we absorb it. We digest it. We read it. Uh, read slowly. Number five, read prayerfully. Prayerfully. Uh, number, number six, read reflectively. Boy, take pauses. Uh, take praise breaks in your, your Bible reading. Uh, it's not just a monologue. Okay, God, talk to me. Uh, Bible reading, Bible reading, Bible reading, then prayer time. Okay, now it's my turn, my turn. And then we pray, we pray, we pray. Uh, it, it, it's a dialogue. It's a dialogue, reading the Bible and praying, praying it in and praising him for, for what you see. Uh, repeatedly, thoughtfully, patiently, slowly, prayerfully, reflectively. Uh, read it purposefully, purposefully. My problem is not that I don't read enough Bible. Uh, my problem is I read the Bible too quickly. Uh, or, uh, I don't read the Bible slowly enough. Uh, it's not that, uh, well, uh, you know, I, I was reading more Bible, now I'm reading less Bible. No, usually my problem is I'm speed reading the Bible. And if you're speed reading the Bible, uh, you're leaving so much there left in the text uh, that God has for you that God wants to bless uh, you with. And so, uh, all of that kind of implies uh, number one, it starts with reading. Number two, uh, of course, studying, 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 studying. Uh, but then number three, it has to get to meditating. Uh, when you take a verse away and you just kind of chew on it, you think about it. How, do, how does that apply and what all is that uh, teaching and where, where does that fit? And, uh, and, and it's basically uh, when you, especially in the Gospels, a narrative when uh, Christ in the storm was walking and then uh, joined them in, in uh, peace be still, Boy, look at it from all of the angles. Boy, what they feel. Uh, feel the mist of that water, that storm uh, on your face. Uh, uh, almost experience that rocking of the boat, that, that, that fear. Uh, make sure that you're in the text. Don't just speed read it. Study it. Uh, meditate upon it. Joshua chapter 1, verse number 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate, meditate, meditate. Uh, I, I almost promise you that uh, you'll get something out of your Bible reading, but then when you take something with you to work uh, and you think about it throughout the day, I promise you, you'll get so much more uh, when you're thinking about it, mulling on it, considering it, uh, trying to look at different angles of it. Uh, meditate there in day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, then shalt thou have good success. We need to be a tree, not a pipe, 
the value of the digested uh, word uh, of God. And of course, it's his word. It's his word. Uh, Make sure I'm spending time in his presence with his word. And so uh, we study it. uh, Chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself, thyself approved unto God. And then that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. And then, of course, uh, those things are first. And then uh, it's preached the word. And so we digest it before we deliver it. We digest it before we deliver it. Uh, And we can't digest it until we understand it. We can't digest it until we understand it. Uh, And let me put it this way. I don't want to digest someone's opinion of a passage. I want to digest the word of God. I don't want to digest someone's political take on a text. I want to digest the very words of God. Uh, The words that I say unto you, they are spirit, uh, and they uh, are life. And so a proper understanding of the word uh, has to be there for us to digest the value uh, of the digested word of God. Okay, are you ready for a a concept, a couple concepts? Uh, Number one, I'm going to give you a concept, and then I'm going to give you a couple approaches. Uh, Number one, the first key uh, concept is context. Uh, In Bible reading, uh, in Bible interpretation, context is king, period. Uh, If you don't have the context of what you're reading, uh, you won't fully grasp or fully understand everything that you're reading. Okay, for instance, words are defined by the context of the sentence. Words are defined by the context of the sentence. Okay, you want me to give you an example? Uh, What's the definition of run? R-U-N, the definition of run. Uh, There's more than one definition of it. Uh, In fact, uh, Webster's Unabridged Dictionary has 83 different definitions of that one word, run. Run to the store. I have a run in my sock. Uh, I run fast. I I don't, but someone may. Uh, My nose runs. I can run the table. That means you're not, you're getting every single uh, pool ball. Uh, My car runs. Uh, Does anyone see that just the word, you can't define just the word, uh, that word has definition inside of the context uh, of the sentence. Okay, let me give you the next one. Uh, Sentences have definition in the context of the larger portion of, uh, of the text, the pericope, the paragraph. Uh, and so the word in relation to the sentence, the sentence in relation to uh, that, that, that paragraph, I'll give you an example. Uh, flying airplanes can be dangerous. Okay, what's that mean? Uh, it can have at least two different meanings. Flying airplanes can be dangerous. Does that mean I need to be careful when I'm going across the key bridge? Because flying airplanes can be dangerous. And I mean, uh, they're not going to have a ding in your car you can buff out. It's a lot worse than that with those flying airplanes. Flying airplanes are dangerous. Hey, don't go up into the mountains because those flying airplanes can be dangerous. Don't drive your car up there. Uh, Or is it flying an airplane? Flying an airplane. Uh, And so uh, the definition isn't always known just by that one little phrase, that one little word. Uh, And and I do think that's the ultimate danger in, uh, even if it's uh, uh, topical preaching or or just kind of bouncing from here and then there and then over here and then over there, uh, uh, or, or topically reading, or just, well, you want to be in context. You have to stay in context. Context 
is king. Okay, I'll give you one more. Time flies. Two words. Time flies. Okay, the questions are, uh, is time an imperative verb or is it a noun? Uh, and then flies, is flies a verb or is it a noun? Uh, you don't know. Uh, it's ambiguous. There's at least several considerations without the context. Uh, time flies. Does that mean that, that someone took their watch and they threw it uh, uh, in the air and, uh, and, and time flies, time flies? Or uh, does that mean that, that it seems like it's going by quickly? It seems like it's going by quickly. Time flies. Uh, or are we commanded with a stopwatch to try to Time flies. Boy, that fly was flying fast. Uh, I needed time to time. Stop. Go. 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 Stop. Uh, It's ambiguous. There's alternate definitions uh, until you add the context, the second sentence. Time flies. You can't. They fly too fast. Does anybody see that at all? Uh, Words are defined by the context of the sentence. Sentences uh, are defined by the context of the the greater, the greater uh, uh, context. Uh, Sentence two will disambiguate. Uh, Sentence one, time flies, it's it's ambiguous. Sentence two disambiguates it. Uh, It defines it, uh, gives definition to it, but it's all about context. Context. Uh, Words defined by their sentence, sentences by their paragraphs, paragraphs, the pericope, uh, that expositional unit, or paragraphs are defined by the book. The book uh, is defined by the canon of Scripture, the whole canon uh, of Scripture. Uh, How does it fit in the redemptive narrative uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ? It's going to fit somewhere because the big picture, the big picture, hey, don't miss the big picture. Hey, don't miss the forest for the trees. Wait, so intent on that one, that one, uh, that one. Uh, meaning is determined beyond the sentence level. Is everybody with me so far? It's going to get uh, a little classroom-like, but I think that we'll get to where uh, we can apply it a little bit more. But in preaching, uh, a text taken out of context, you've heard this, uh, is a pretext to say anything I wanted to say. Uh, I, I am weary of uh, preachers um, uh, uh, over-allegorizing, they'll, uh, they'll take a phrase like, remember the old paths. Uh, they won't give any context to that at all. Um, or remove not the ancient landmarks. They won't give any context to what that actually means. Uh, they'll just use that as a launching pad to, to preach what they think at, uh, the old paths are. And, and uh, that's no Bible at all. There's no Bible at all. Uh, and there's no benefit to your opinion. There's no benefit from your, your view. There's no benefit. Uh, it's the Word of God. That's what we digest, the Word of God. That's what gives uh, value. I'll give you another one. Phrase. This is for preachers. Uh, if you remove text from context, you're left with a con. And there's a whole lot of preachers that it's just a con. They're not preaching the Word of God. They may be, they may be preaching their outline. They may be preaching their opinions. Uh, but but uh, it's the Word of God that is the sermon. The Word of God, that is the sermon. Uh, and if we're not keeping it in context, it's all about, it's always about context. Okay? Does everybody agree with me so far? And I'm not going to give you a passing grade unless you do in my workshop. Anyway, I'm just kidding. And so we're driving on Mountain Road. I think it's when Stephen was a freshman or a sophomore in college. Uh, and I'm uh, watching the road. I'm, I'm kind of uh, drifting, doing my own thing. As Char in the passenger side and 17-year-old Hannah, our daughter, 
uh, was in the back seat of the car, and I'm, I'm kind of just passively listening uh, until I hear Shar read a text from our son uh, that says, I'm through, this is ridiculous. And, and so he's in college, and so, uh, I mean, all of a sudden, I'm wide awake. Uh, I'm wide awake. And, 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 and uh, I said, uh, um, uh, get him on the phone. And, and, and almost, it was like crickets. Uh, get him on the phone. I'm through, this is ridiculous. Uh, and I said, get him on the phone. Uh, and they just continued to frivolously talk about nothing, you know, mom and, and daughter. And, uh, and then I said, give me the phone. Uh, and and, and, she, and Char said, no, I'll text him later. No, no, uh, get him, give me that phone. Uh, I mean, it ramped up quick because I didn't have any context at all. Because when I heard that text taken out of context, uh, I didn't have the context that it was sent during midterms uh, down there uh, at college. Uh, and I'm through didn't mean I'm quitting college. I'm through uh, because if he was quitting college, I was getting on a plane, I was going down there. No, you're not quitting college. Uh, but I'm through didn't have anything to do with that. Uh, I'm through meant he finally took his last midterm. Boy, I'm through. This is ridiculous didn't mean uh, a teacher uh, gave him deserved demerits. It didn't mean a teacher mistreated him. Uh, this is ridiculous meant there was a lot of work for those midterm and all the studying, but I didn't have the context. Uh, and I responded so differently, so other than, uh, and, and it's, I do blame Char for taking the text. Why, why do you side with her all? I don't know why that is. Uh, for taking the text out of context, uh, because number one, I didn't have the historic context of it's midterm, so I didn't have that. Uh, and she didn't read me the last word, uh, 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 I'm through, this is ridiculous, uh, and then the acronym LOL at the end of it. And I, so I missed the whole thing. Uh, and it really did get uh, kind of weird, uh, the atmosphere in the car, uh, because Shar and Hannah had the context of that whole text. They had the context of that whole text. But, but I lifted a text out of context. Uh, and I mean, it was weird in the car for a minute. Because I didn't understand the subject of the text, the structure of the text, the spirit of the text. I, I didn't get the context of the whole. Uh, and by the way, uh, there's a whole lot of churches where it's kind of weird. The atmosphere is kind of weird uh, because the pastor lifts a text out of context. Uh, and then when church members know what the context is, uh, and he's wresting it from the scriptures, the Bible says, uh, and he's preaching it any way he wants to, but he's missing the context. Uh, and so in Bible interpretation and in Bible reading, context uh, is king. Is everybody agreeing with me yet? Okay. Uh, when we moved to Baltimore, uh, the first restaurant that we went to uh, was Double T Diner, uh, and I didn't have the context of Baltimore. They uh, brought out butcher paper to put on the table, and I'm going, wow, this is about to get good. They brought out hammers, and I had no idea at that point. Uh, it's just going to be a royal rumble over who gets the food. And, and I, I, truly, I, I was just, I have no idea. Char, look what's going on. I've never seen this before. Uh, I didn't have the context that the next thing that was going to be put on that table were these giant bug-like creatures that, that they hit them and hammer them, and they spit shells from them. I didn't have the context of Baltimore, uh, and so I didn't get, I didn't get what was happening. Um, uh, Billy, you'll remember this when, I think it was Miriam Berry, uh, and it was in the chapel when uh, Miriam Berry was looking for a ride to church, or someone, uh, and I said, well, where do you live? And it was kind of a leadership training type meeting where 
Uh, and she said, well, if they pick me up at Gussie's Package Goods Store, Gussie's Package Goods Store. I have no idea what a package goods store is. I didn't know that it was a liquor store, so I'm up there going, hey, how many people know where Gussie's Package Goods Store are? Uh, anybody go there and you can just pick her up? Gussie's Package Goods Store. Uh, afterward, Billy said, you have no idea what a package goods store is, do you? And I said, yes, you're right. I have no idea. Uh, and that's when I realized it was a liquor store and, you know, we, you know it was just, it was a weird, weird time because uh, I didn't have contact. Uh, I told you about when uh, I went to that uh, uh, went to lunch with, uh, I think it was Dan Barnes, an ex-assistant pastor, uh, pastor, came into town, went to uh, lunch, and the, the waitress kept calling me Han, and I was uncomfortable with, with her flirting that she was doing with me, and, uh, uh, and Han, and I was starting to get red, and uh, Han, uh, Han, what do you want, Han? I can get that for you, Han. I, I start tapping my wedding ring on the table, and hey, I only got one Han, that's it, just one Han, and uh, I didn't have the context, the context we have to have context to understand. She wasn't hitting on me. Uh, that's just her way of saying, I don't care what your name is. Just tell me what you want to order. Uh, I, I remember when uh, it was at Philadelphia Road and uh, Ebenezer when we saw um, two cars. And I think it was a stop sign, four-way stop then. It was some four-way stop. And uh, these two guys get out of the car and they're just fist fighting over who has the right of way. And I didn't know that's how it worked. I wasn't familiar with. And so uh, it was just the context of Baltimore is pretty upfront. I mean, you better uh, make sure you're not cutting someone off. And, and so I got the context really quickly on, I need to make sure it's my turn before I take my turn. Uh, but it's all about words have context in sentences. They define the word. Sentences have context in paragraphs. They define the sentence. And paragraphs have context inside of the book. Old Testament, New Testament. Is it law? Is it poetry? Is it prophecy? Is it a didactic passage? Uh, you, you approach them, and I don't know if we'll get into all of that, uh, but just understanding the context, the context, the context. Uh, and so I want to start, uh, typically I always start uh, with the big context first, and I work my way in. Um, I start with a macro, and I work into the micro. I Start with a 10,000-foot view, okay, what's the lay of the land, uh, before I go to a detailed, microscopic view. I'm, I'm skiing, uh, skimming over the water. Uh, I can see the whole picture, skimming over the water, uh, before I'm scuba diving, because once you start scuba diving, boy, if you're missing the lay of the land, uh, every once in a while, you're going to have to come up and see where you're at. Did I drift? And uh, am I still where I thought I was going to be? That, that contact, making sure that uh, I start with the forest before I get down to the trees. I start with the book before I get down uh, to the passage. And I'm going to give you one more illustration. Then I'm going to give you a practical example of how this plays out in Scripture. I'll give you uh, the passage. Um, but uh, so uh, there's a flag on the front porch of our house. There's a flag on the front porch of our house. Uh, unless you have context, um, context defines the possibilities of meaning. Uh, it also defines the impossibilities uh, of our interpretation. Uh, it, it defines the, the possibilities of interpretation. Okay, what's that flag? I wonder if that flag is this or that. Uh, it also defines the impossibilities. And back when they had Google mapping, um, they would start out, remember when it was, you saw the whole planet? 
uh, and then you typed in your address, and then it uh, zoomed in to North America. Does anybody remember that? Was that Google Maps? I don't even know what it was, but, uh, and then it zoomed into the Northeast, and then uh, uh, zoomed in, 968 Bird River Beach Road, uh, Middle River, uh, and then it zoomed in, and then it zoomed in to, to Baltimore, and then it zoomed in to, to the Northeast, and zoomed in right down to the house, uh, and the context has everything to do with, okay, uh, the context is Maryland. That flag may be a Maryland flag. Uh, it may be the possibilities, the interpretational possibilities. It may be an Orioles flag. Uh, it also defines the impossibilities. It's not going to be a Pittsburgh Steelers flag. There's no way. Uh, no way. Uh, and so you, you start putting framework around um, the, the interpretational possibilities and the interpretational uh, impossibilities. And so... Uh, the, the example I want to give is 1 Timothy 2.9. Um, and the reason I want to give it, I don't want anyone to read. I'm not trying to press anything about uh, dress standards, preference. I'm not. It's just a great example uh, of what I'm talking about. And here's the verse. Uh, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Modest, that word modest. Uh, if you come in with a preconditioned paradigm, Okay, I'm tired of the way our culture dresses, that preconditioned paradigm, and I think probably a lot of us are. Uh, or uh, if you come preconditioned with preaching about dress standard, dress standard, dress standard, uh, then uh, if you're clouded by uh, those other considerations rather than the context, uh, if you're clouded by that, uh, you're only going to interpret that word modest uh, one way. It's only going to fall uh, one way because you're already clouded with a preconditioned uh, paradigm. And again, I'm not challenging anyone's um, where they are on their dress. I am challenging that this would be your proof text, okay? That's all I'm challenging. Uh, and so uh, I want to give you the what, and then I want to also give you the interpretational why, okay? Um, that word modest is not talking about physical modesty as opposed to short skirts, tight blouses, revealing... Uh, dressing sensually, sexually. Uh, when it's using the word modest there, it's not talking about modesty physically, it's talking about modesty financially. Modesty financially, not flashy, not extravagant, uh, not pricey, uh, not exorbitant. And now, uh, don't forget words defined by sentences, sentences by paragraph, paragraphs uh, by their book of the Bible. And so uh, let's get the big context. We're going to drive all the way down to the word. Uh, but before we define the word, remember that, that big context. Uh, Timothy was written to Timothy by Paul to Pastor Timothy, who's pastoring at Ephesus. Okay, that's the historic context of that. And by the way, uh, it's not something you read in a commentary. It's something that you read in the commentary. Uh, the Bible is the best commentary on the Bible. Uh, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, verse 2. Unto Timothy, my own son of the faith, verse 3. I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus. Uh, and so the context is Paul's writing to Timothy, prepping him, prepping him to pastor in Ephesus. Okay, keep that in your mind. We're looking at the context. Uh, understand also, Timothy was with Paul in Acts chapter 18 and Acts chapter 19 during that evangelistic explosion at Ephesus. Uh, I, I mean, uh, people uh, were coming to the Lord. The name of the Lord magnified, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. That's 18 and 19. That's at Ephesus. 
Timothy is there with Paul. And so keep in mind, uh, as the gospel was getting out incredibly and people in mass were coming to the Lord, uh, there was a few that, that, that weren't incredibly impacted. They were adversely affected. I think about Demetrius the silversmith and Alexander the coppersmith. And so uh, as people are turning to the Lord, they're turning from idols. As people are turning to the Lord, they're turning from idols. And so uh, these that uh, gained their income by by the monuments and the false gods, the idols uh, that they built. Uh, as people are turning to the Lord, they're turning away from that. Uh, and that's why there is animosity towards Paul. Of course, you have to go to some uh, uh, other cross-references. To, but we're starting to get our mind, get our mind around the context of that. Uh, don't forget, Ephesus was a key trade town. Okay, financial, it's about the financial. Uh, was a key trade town, a prosperous town, a wealthy town that most everyone there had an improper view of finances. And you say, well, uh, where do you get that? Okay, in Acts chapter 20, is everybody still with me? Stay with me, and I think it'll help showing how we drive down from the big to all the way down to the word, okay? Uh, in Acts chapter 20, that, that pastor's conference with the elders at Ephesus, Timothy was there. Timothy was there. Acts chapter 20, listen to what Paul emphasized as he's teaching Timothy Hey, hey, make sure that, that you keep this in mind. You're pastoring at Ephesus. Uh, you're pastoring at that, that, that extravagant, that, that, that flashily dressed uh, town. Uh, and the elders at Ephesus, hey, keep this in mind. Uh, and there's words in, uh, like uh, in Acts 20, verse 20, he said, I kept back nothing that was profitable to you. Boy, using that that. Uh, marketplace term, uh, uh, taking that, that, that I, I know you guys are all about profit, but the thing that's really profitable uh, is the Word of God, turning that. Uh, in fact, in verse 29, he said, hey, be careful of grievous wolves. Grievous wolves. Peter would describe them as uh, who through covetousness make merchandise of you. Covetousness make merchandise of you. And so uh, he's talking this to Timothy. He's telling this to the elders at Ephesus. And then uh, verse number 33, still in Acts chapter 20, talking to them that are from there. Uh, he said, I coveted no man's silver uh, and no man's gold. I didn't covet that. I get that in Ephesus, that's what it's all about, that, that wealthy town, the uh, improper view of finances. In fact, he adds one more, uh, and, and there's a tie back. I coveted no man's silver and no man's gold and no man's apparel. Boy, we've already seen that word in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse number 9. Uh, and of course, in verse number 35, that's where it says, uh, remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give uh, than to receive. Uh, all of this uh, is, is prepping Timothy, prepping the elders at Ephesus. Boy, 1 Timothy is Paul prepping him. He's there uh, in that town uh, and so uh, the context, the context is, is, is not just something that we're uh, uh, taking from a commentary, uh, and sometimes those supplementals help, but the context is the whole of Scripture, what we've read in Scripture. Uh, the facts that Acts 18, 19, uh, 20 uh, are talking directly to uh, 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 Timothy and the elders that are at Ephesus. By the way, uh, it, it's also why when you teach through the book of Ephesians, the church at Ephesus the theme of that book is true riches, spiritual riches, because they were so steeped uh, in that covetousness and the, the financial. Uh, in, in fact, if, if you say, well, I, I feel like you're reaching there, 
1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 5. Same book as our text. Same book as our text. Uh, in verse number 5, uh, supposing that gain is godliness. He's talking about uh, that, that town of Ephesus. He's prepping uh, Timothy uh, for that. Uh, verse 6, uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. Uh, he's trying to reframe their view of finances. Seven, uh, we brought nothing into this world. It's certain we can carry nothing out. And uh, having food and raiment, let, let us be there with content. Content. Uh, it's the same town, same person, uh, and it's the same book. It's that, that, that theme, that theme, that theme, that theme. Uh, but they that will be rich fall into temptation, a snare, foolish, hurtful lust, drown men in destruction, perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some, having coveted after, uh, have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. By the way, uh, 1 Timothy 3, I thought about this this afternoon, uh, the qualifications for a pastor uh, and the qualifications uh, of a deacon uh, both have the same phrase, not greedy uh, of filthy lucre, not greedy uh, of filthy lucre. And again, it's all about that context of Ephesus, all about that context uh, of Paul teaching Timothy, prepping Timothy, the pastor uh, there. Uh, historic context, Acts 20. Uh, historic context, biblical context uh, is 1 Timothy chapter 6. And listen, if you're coming in with a blank slate, uh, only colored by the context the context that you're seeing, the context of the book, the context of that place, the context of that chapter, the context of that passage. 1 Timothy 2.9 again. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest, modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with, not with. Uh, even in the context of that sentence, the contrast, okay, uh, he says modest apparel. Uh, uh, I wonder what the inverse is. Uh, the inverse has to be short skirts. The inverse has to be uh, tight blouses. The inverse has to be uh, halter tops. I don't even know if that's the thing. But anyway, uh, the inverse has to be. Uh, and so modest apparel, not with those immodest things physically, revealing things uh, sexually. Uh, no, no, listen to what it says. Modest apparel, not with broidered hair or gold or pearls or costly array. That only speaks to one definition of the word modest. Is anybody seeing that at all? Boy, it's the context here, the context here, the context here, and the context here. Boy, making sure we're not just uh, haphazardly defining words the way we think they should be defined. Uh, uh, making sure that uh, we're not lifting uh, phrases or, or verses. And uh, so much of that's done and it does harm, it does damage. Uh, making sure that we're reading the Word of God. Reading the Word of God. Making sure it's in context. Meaning is determined to be on the sentence level. Uh, and, and by the way, um, uh, we're not going to get to all of it, but um, maybe Ryan will give me some of his time. But um, that's one of the reasons why the more you read the Bible, the more you'll get out of the Bible. And I'm not just talking about additionally. I'm talking about exponentially. Because the Bible unlocks the Bible. The Scripture unlocks the Scripture. Uh, when we first got to town, because we truly were trying to figure it out as far as preaching, teaching, 
Uh, I was reading the Bible through once a month, 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 12 times a year, reading it through. Uh, And I probably need to get back to that. But when I was doing that, I mean, it's just opening up, opening up, opening up, opening up, opening up, opening up. Why? Uh, Because the more you read the Bible, the more you'll get out of the Bible. The Bible reflecting upon the Bible. Can I give you uh, a few mindsets, and I'll try to get it it quick, but uh, 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 analogies, when I'm approaching the Bible, uh, I, I view myself, put down number one, as a safe cracker, a safe cracker, a safe cracker. And I'm not talking about the ones that spin around. I'm thinking more about uh, a bike lock that has three tumblers, three tumblers. Uh, and if I get all three of those tumblers right, it opens up. Uh, and the three tumblers that I'm looking for are the subject, the subject. Do I have the subject right? Okay, do I have the structure, the structure right? Char asked if I was going to do any uh, of the sentence diagramming um, that I don't always do, you can intuitively do, but I do think it's a help. We may get to it. Uh, and so uh, the, the subject, the subject, and then is the structure right? Because if you don't get the structure right, you're going to be emphasizing things that, yeah, they're in there, but that text isn't emphasizing. And so uh, the subject right and the structure right, and then do I have the spirit right? And if I have all three of those right, for the most part, that's when the text opens up and you see so much more. Uh, we used to have a Sunday school teacher here that um, every passage, every sermon, I mean, he was loud and brash, and loud, and hard, <laughs> and he was loud, let me tell you. Uh, and, and I remember one Sunday morning when, when someone who was outside in the foyer said, hey, hey what's, he ye- what's he yelling about? What's he, what's he uh, you know, just preaching about? And, and one of his class members says, well, he's yelling about gentleness. Uh, he's, 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 he's screaming about, uh, about meekness. He's, uh, he's, he's preaching about, uh, about kindness. And if we approach every text in the same tone, we're missing one of the tumblers. Because Jesus couldn't possibly have said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In the same tone that he said, you whited sepulchers full of dead men's bones. And if we think every text has the same tone, uh, then we're not going to get one of the tumblers. One of the tumblers, boy, clicking it in and clicking it in and clicking it in, boy, like a safe cracker, a safe cracker. And if I get those, boy, that thing just opens up. Let me give you the second one. I view myself as a pharmacist, not as a doctor. Uh, As a pharmacist, and this is kind of preachy, but uh, I'm not the doctor that that diagnoses the problem. Uh, God has already done that. Uh, I'm not the doctor that prescribes the solution. Uh, God has already given us 66 scripts, 66 prescriptions that are answered. Hey, it's my job to try to read the writing. You ever seen some of those doctors, chicken scratch they have, and uh, the pharmacist, boy, if he doesn't uh, uh, get that right, get that right, gives the wrong thing, uh, it's going to do damage. And so my job is to make sure that I uh, read the writing, and you say, uh, what do you mean? It's hard to read. Peter said about Paul's writing, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you the epistles, as also in the epistles, speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to be understood. Some things are hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, they rest, as they do also other scriptures under their own destruction. And so I view myself as a safe cracker. Boy, I want to make sure I get each part uh, very accurately, very accurately. Uh, I don't use the Bible to preach my message. God uses me 
to preach the Bible's message. I don't view myself as the doctor and, boy, i got to assess and, okay, we're having trouble with that. And so let me emotionally and just kind of uh, reactionally, uh, let me chase that rabbit for a while. Uh, and what happens is if we're not feeding the flock of God, uh, there's a whole lot more sickness going on. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Uh, and so I'm getting a little preachy. Let me get back to it. When you're reading, uh, I view myself as a safe cracker. I view myself as a pharmacist. Uh, I view myself as an ASL interpreter, an ASL uh, interpreter, not rewording. Miller used to always say, boy, I tweeted you, and I said, that's, that's, I didn't say anything like that. Uh, he said, I reworded it so it made more sense. And I said, thanks, Steve, I appreciate that. Uh, and so uh, an ASL interpreter isn't supposed to reword it so it makes more sense. Uh, an ASL interpreter is supposed to uh, make sure the message is exacting. Uh, and then also, if you've seen one that's really good, uh, even the expressiveness, the emotion, wanting to get the emotion uh, exacting. Uh, my success or failure has everything, as a pastor, uh, has everything to do with, boy, did I convey that text? Did I convey that text the way God wrote that text with the intent he had when he gave that text? Uh, my goal isn't to have sermons that are so sensational people move closer to Baltimore to be under the sound of my voice, but to have sermons that are so scriptural, people move closer to God to be under the sound of His voice. I don't want people to walk away and say, what a great preacher, and what a great sermon. I want them to walk away saying, what a great God. For them to walk away saying, what a great text. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And ourselves, your servants, for his sake. Boy, we subjugate our opinions under the word of God. We, we subjugate uh, what we think, what we think uh, underneath what the Bible teaches. Uh, someone that loses humility will lose their proper vantage point to be able to accurately convey uh, the word of God. And so uh, I'm going to stop there. Uh, but I think the big takeaway is context, 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 context. And I'm not against our daily bread. I'm not against that. Uh, but if our daily bread is your sum total for devotions, uh, you're not going to have everything in context. Have everything in context. Boy, we need the whole counsel of God. We need every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Father. Uh, and let's make sure we understand the big picture uh, as we're trying to define words and sentences uh, and so context. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.